Hello. Hello. It's it's that time again. It is. It's time it's for... time it's time for always strikes last. <laughs> Sorry, it's I ripped strike. the band-aid right now. Striking last. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Guys, coming to you live from uh the balcony of my soon to be former apartment. I think one of the first episodes we did was from here. Uh not well, once I after the move was from this balcony. So, it's really coming full circle. It really everyone, is. Everyone in my <laughs> it apartment ends as it like began. Preview episode. They can't hear any of you, but they get like, you know, a one third of the of the episode early. It really is what we are independently, which is Three random dudes just kind of yelling and laughing to themselves, talking about Warhammer yeah. <laughs> out on a on a chair somewhere, wherever we are. The the real trick though is the magic. About that. <laughs> it's the magic that Matt does afterwards to sync up a bunch of random unconnected sentences to make it sound like we're having a conversation. Yes, I smushed three random people from different time zones into one time zone. <laughs> with copious amounts of coffee yeah that's that is i think probably the trick oh man well uh let's get right into it speaking of coffee could use some more of that um mm-hmm. i'm back from the east coast of the united states where jack and i went to everwinter and how was that gentlemen so much so much fun i saw you know it was Pretty amazing. I don't mean to brag, but between Miles and myself, we might have gotten six wins in a five-round tournament. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the trick, is is to combine your scores, and that way it really sounds a lot more impressive when you do that. Well, I mean, nobody else knew, but you guys were playing teams over the weekend. Yeah, exactly. right? yeah. so. <laughs> and our powers combined. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, it was really fun. Um, I hadn't been before. Jack, you went uh, last year, right? I did. I did. Um, it was uh, one of my escapes from from normal dadhood to get out and do a, a two-dayer, and it was a lot of fun. I kind of yellowed that one slightly because I brought a, an ogre list to it. And because it was the Everwinter, I kept starting to make new hotness ogre lists, and I just kept saying, but it needs to have a stone horn. No, no, that's not right. It needs to have a thunder tusk because of the frostiness of Everwinter. And, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great, great games in that one. But it was a it was a different venue, kind of like smaller, more central to Boston. So I think it was an improvement this year. Yeah, so this nice. was in the in the Weston in Waltham, for those in the know in the know of, of Boston geography. Um I'm pretty sure I've been to a bar or bat mitzvah in this hotel um over you know the years of growing up. Like it's just one of those hotels that you hold conventions and stuff in. You know, gotcha. Um, it's it's the Marriott right. of all places. It, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, the the guys from uh, Wicked Dicey, Corey, and and everybody. I'm sure I'm not going to remember his name. There was another Miles. That was cool. You yep, know Miles you know, K. You know that's that's a, that's a rare treat for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, they put on a really fun event. There was we didn't even get to check out ninety percent of it, honestly, um, because yeah, you know, we were just so focused on what we were doing. But there were 
narrative events for Age of Sigmar and 40K. There was some D&D events. There was Warcry. There was Kill Teams. There was... Uh, what's that one with the robots? Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Mechwarrior. Oh, yeah, the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. One of those. I, I, if I'm honest, I can't tell the difference. So, um, But that was going on. You know, There was a bunch of uh, people playing... Um, uh, boarding actions, right? That that like uh, the, it's 40k, but it's inside. Oh uh, yeah, the yeah, only yeah, one like... that's interested me in the longest time because it's better than <laughs> Space Hulk, but yeah, know, still 40k. It, yeah. it is neat. I mean, the idea of being in the ship's quarters that was like that whole arc, right? Like with all the specialty books for them last uh, last year, yeah, or this year yep. earlier. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was the only thing I really bought from there was just to be able to play that because it was like Zone Mortalis uh, for yeah, exactly. uh, Horus Heresy, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to take the opportunity to give a shout out to the organizers of the Everwinter because, yeah, you know, Corey McKinney, you know, like Miles Kovarik, Brad Bittler, everyone else involved in the Wicked Dice team was doing it. It's just gotten better and better every year. And I thought this was kind of a, a new high water mark for them. So, you know, huge hats off to them just in general nice. for their efforts to make this like one of those premier you know, like tournaments to go to every year. And it has definitely become a murderer's row, like a who's who of whoever's doing something in ITC, it feels like, or abroad. <laughs> we even got an esteemed member of Team Ireland in this year. I know, that was pretty exciting. Hey, <laughs> how did you guys drag him across the pond? I know. Well, it was a good It was a good Venn diagram of my dad's birthday was the same week. And, uh, you know, so it was a good, like, between holidays, time to visit everybody. And it really, it all came together. In, in a way that, uh, you know, made it all happen, clearly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good times were had. Um, yeah, but so anyway, um, it was a really excellent event and, like, you know, was kind of more than I was expecting, which is not to say that my expectations were low, but, like, they absolutely, like, this felt like I was at something that in, like, two or three years' time will be an LVO scale event. You know what I mean? interesting that's cool like you just, if you guys just keep keep going like this like it's gonna be you know they they had badges and uh you know signposts we were taking up like four or five different halls and of, of across the hotel so you were just wandering back and forth through the hallways there were vendors it had, the, had all, all the nine all the bells and whistles exactly and and you know just a couple years ago miles it wasn't nearly that big i think the first one like a number of years ago was up and up battlegrounds and it was just you know in the background like a normal tournament and then it's just progressed to become you know more and more of a thing so with all the efforts those guys put in and this year you know even the aos alone to say nothing to the attendance the other events was like over 110 active players even after the drops so that is yeah, think, getting to those levels <laughs> that's i think excellent. there was yeah me and you and 110 other players playing age of sigmar for a whole weekend living the dream so you're saying the player count was 112 I was, if you were following along and yes. doing math. Right. <laughs> you, you, you misunderstood, Matt. We were the stars, and they were the yes. others. <laughs> uh, yes. No, they were the others. <laughs> uh, but, but all joking aside of that, it was a really <laughs> great group that came in. Because, you know, it's, it's the people who, like, who are going to play that top Warhammer. All nice. there. <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, all you guys, uh, Matt, from your neck of the woods, uh, um, well, He's not from your neck of the woods anymore. Uh, Jeremy Vessier, I think he's moved. He's not in uh, Portland anymore. But some of those guys from Portland, Ben Smolier and uh, um, Alex Gonzalez and somebody else whose name I'm, I'm forgetting right this second, but 
recognized him too. So that was that was fun to see those guys. Um, Very nice. Who else? Oh, uh, so, um, we ran into Owen Jackson from my side of the pond. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it was just like just a ton of people. I saw some people from uh, Team Canada, a bunch of the tough crowd guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a bunch of wicked dicey guys that were in their fun new baseball shirts. I really enjoyed those. Ooh, those see, like, baseball jerseys. Yeah, they're, they're pretty shirts. cool. They're pretty cool. The pink what, ones, right, Miles? You thinking of those? Yes, exactly. And yeah. you know what I really liked about them is that they were buttoned up, so you could wear them open if you wanted something a little more breathable. Because I do find that the the AOS jerseys are pretty sweaty. Oh yeah, they they absorb stink like nothing else. But by the time we got through day one, my Irish jersey was a uh, quite feculent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it sounds like sounds like we need to start making uh, baseball jerseys. Oh yeah, ooh, that'd be fun. We've 100%. been having the internal debate on, like, you know, do we make an ASL jersey? I mean, everybody's got a jersey, but do we? I like it. I like. Should we follow jerseys? that crowd? Um, I, Team Canada last year had hockey jerseys, and I'm not especially like I. I mean, I'm not a sports guy at all, so I don't know why I'm saying I prefer baseball over hockey or, or making any sort of call on this. But um, they also were kind of cool. <laughs> You're not a sportsman. <laughs> no. A sports ball? How could you tell? Yes, <laughs> clearly we spent a lot of time with the pitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Ooh, hockey, hockey, yeah. hockey, hockey jerseys. I like the idea of the hockey because they're they're naturally a little bit looser fitting, and like mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm not going to point out anybody in general, but I think as a whole, the Warhammer crowd is not the most fitness oriented. There are definitely deviations from that, but you know, sometimes you know, like we put up a mean mental sweat, you know, not always. The and, other you know, way. there's no, 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 uh, I'm, I'm not one of them for sure. Like, I'm, or I'm, I am one of them. I don't know what I'm trying to say is I am not in the best of shape myself. So maybe something that's, uh, you know, we could find something that's still sporty, that's still a little more, and maybe a little more flattering. That's yeah, a great walk in Jersey, miles, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. We hear it always strikes last for the record, like shirts that accommodate all shapes. There. Thank you. <laughs> we got we got you, Miles. Thank you. <laughs> Team always strikes late. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We don't even have that excuse today. We don't even have that excuse today. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever shape you're in, we're on it. There we are. That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh my God! All right, back to the topic at hand. Everwinter. Exactly. Uh, so, so we showed up at the event. So far, so good. Jack, do you want to talk about? Well, I guess you guys. I, I missed last episode. I caught little bits and pieces, but uh, you guys went over the list, right? Yep. Indeed. Yep. So I'll, I'll I'll kind of give some of the lead up and wind up here. So obviously, we're all excited to go do the thing, and Miles staying over at my house with me the night before. And we tried to dust the cobwebs off, you know, and accomplish some key tasks, like you know, one, make sure we had all of our models to go and, and play this, or in Miles' cases, half the models, since he was borrowing some of them from Bob Pisano, you know, Bob, yep. God bless us all, <laughs> you know, and you know, get a practice game in, so we kind of knew what they were like, because you know, neither of us, as the, the Always Strikes late episode probably clued everyone into, had done a lot of practice with these particular configurations. I mean, Miles was trying the King Broads thing and hadn't really done anything with that. And I was trying my Chaos Hipster Legion of the First Prince thing without really having ever played with it in that way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> really good prep. 
decisions. But uh, we got one game in in the basement and sort of dusted off before, you know, priming ourselves with a moderate amount of rest and a fair amount of alcohol to go in the next day. <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I know I was going in with, you know, arguably somewhere less than two practice games with this um, <laughs> with this list or this army in general. So it was uh, really good. So going into day one, uh, my goal for the event was if I went two and three, I would have been ecstatic. You know what I mean? Like I had I had no expectations for how this was going to go. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, you know, <laughs> just, you know, given the amount of like effort I had put in, I had, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I didn't deserve very much. I mean, it's it's a it's a fair mental state to come into. I mean, a lot of your strategic decisions were: is it already in my basement? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> accessible. I, which, so, which, to be fair, are very strategic. So, yeah, I mean, it did save a lot on the hassle factor and the shoulders. So, I, I, that's that was smart. Uh, exactly. Though, though I do think King Broad, you know, a particular stomp is is cool and has a lot of play in it. So it wasn't like you were trying to go like the worst thing on the planet. So, oh no, no, no. And, and I just. I just picked a net list because I knew it would be, you know, halfway decent, you know? Fair enough, I was fair like, enough. Not, I don't know anything about this army. Let's just pick what the, what the internet think is good, and uh, I'll just roll in with that and see what happens. So that, so that was your mental state. That was prep for day one. Yep. I guess mm-hmm. my expectations going into it were, you know, there was sort of the dream of, like, sort of showing the world that Leisure of the First Prince was brutally overlooked, <laughs> you know, but functionally I felt <laughs> like, uh I am not making the best decisions since all of my successful practice games have been with completely different lists and sub factions. So I know the army, but there's some there's some new stuff in here that I might just not be uh, completely honed on. But I want to do it. I want to be a chaos hipster and try it out. So I was hoping for a three two two three, maybe do better and like have a good day and do a four one or whatever. Or you know, uh, but we were gonna see. I was not <laughs> expecting the world. <laughs> so. So coming in essentially with a blank slate on both y'all there, right? Uh, maybe a little bit more expectation uh, from Jack on, yeah. on his army. Um, but uh sounds like <clears throat> you had a learn by playing experience there, I'm going to guess. Definitely in, in some of the ways, yeah. Because it wasn't like, you know, not either Miles had not played Giants before. I hadn't played a lot of Slaves of Darkness. But at the same time, the little idiosyncrasy that the muscle memory of this exact thing with this unit at this time will work best. Yeah, there were variations that hadn't been, you know, repetitioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No muscle memory yet, so. Very little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got like that, that one game, man. That was fun. You know, like we got to see, you know, how the big hammers hit the giants in my basement. But I mean, that wasn't like, you know, a huge data set to go off of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that was good because that was also uh, my one practice mission of ice fields. Mm-hmm. Right, which was going to be uh, a day two mission. That uh, ice fields and um, wizard towers were not in the Six Nations pack because it's a five round event, and we play every mission twice. So it, we just pick ten missions. And anyway, uh, long story short, we didn't play those, so I haven't played those missions. <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. It's like, hey, the new to me kind of situations. Exactly. No, no, I mean, it was, it was and, good. And, I mean, I, yeah. Oh, you said my answer. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was saying, uh, and, and yeah, uh, just that little bit of um, we set up. We played like what two turns before uh, we had to go out to dinner. Um, yeah. But uh, just that, like, okay, let's let's okay, yes, this is this is how the setup goes. 
you know, I've seen this at least once. I, you know, I understand the the distances now. I understand, you know, I have a better, little better sense of like how easily I can move on to objectives or or how far back I can afford to be. Like, so I think that was actually very helpful. Yeah, I, I thought I thought so too. I mean, it was good to kind of you know, go through some mechanics of mine as well. And and I think you know, on your side, it was nice to say like, oh yeah, maybe this is a situation I would deploy a bit farther back, you know, <laughs> based upon you know the threat ranges and getting the most out of the littles and all that. But you know, it was it, it was a nice I, kind I, of dry run. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So then, uh, before we get into like how uh, each of our games went, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jake Di Batista, who uh, is a fan of the show came up to us before round one and was like, hey, are you guys from Always Strikes Last? And uh, sure enough, we were. So that's good. So he, he did that part. And um, <laughs> and he ended up winning uh, Best Destruction with his amazingly painted um, gits. All right. So yeah, absolutely. So kick ass. Uh, thanks for being a fan of the show and uh, hope to see you at an uh, event in the future. Absolutely. You know, we both had a chance to hang out with Jacob Bid and be aside being an excellent player, honed through many episodes of listening to ASL. Also right. all around great guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Rad, 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 rad. <laughs> so Jack, how do you want to do this? Do you want you to go first or should I go first? No, I'll go first and you go first. We'll kind of tag team and go round by round. So so okay. you know. Dawn rises on the first day. Uh, there we go. <laughs> you know, I, I, I jumped into my first game, and and I had a real fun one. Um, and it, it was honestly kind of kind of perfect because I got a chance to to play Basil Ferreira, who I I played my last round at Nova in, in the main chunk of it, and and he's a great guy. You know, you know, really really talented, tough crowd player, plays a lot of Seraphon. And and at Nova, you know, I'd won that game and we'd got a bunch of beers afterwards to know each other. And, and that was just a fantastic time. And so this was sort of like our grudge match rematch without anyone trying to arrange it that way. So we just kind of like showed up at the tables and, ah, here we go again. <laughs> you know, slightly nice. different list, but, you know, setting up for a good time. Uh, and and it was it was a blast of a game. Didn't really go my way, but uh, but but it was it was kind of an interesting setup. He'd sort of taken a list this time. Where it was, you know, doing the whole croak and the uh, slan and like the other little skink priest thing, you know, so he can summon a billion things or teleport or whatnot. But he, you know, backed it up with not just sort of like the Saurus Temple Guard and some skink screens, but also I think some of those like Raptodon uh, riders and the ones with the skinks in the backs. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, confusing the, the, the charging two. ones. Yeah. Or yeah. the shooting ones. Uh, the chargey, I think they're the chargey ones, maybe they're shooting ones, but uh, you know, they didn't neither of them live particularly long, you know, in, in, in the context mm -hmm. of the game. He also had the pterodactyls, you know, the ones with the skinks in the back who can throw the toad on something and, and be kind of dangerous there. So, I love that rule, it, it was fun, it's right? The pinnacle um, of goofy writing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and of course, you know, the hit little model for the toad, which is which is cool. But, you know, we set up and it was kind of funny because it wasn't the same, but echoed a little bit of the setup we'd had in the first game, you know, which I'd taken at the other the other event. And, you know, we had his salon and kind of a castle in the back. And, you know, it's on the pulse. So no one has to fight first turn, but he has the castle. Uh, and he has, you know, the source guard screens. He has some of the Repidon thing. It's kind of in a line as a secondary screen in front of the, uh, the temple guard. And then, you know, he gave me first turn. I think he was like 10 drops. I was like 11 or something, if I'm, if I'm not misremembering. <laughs> but real, real good time. So then I had first. And 
I ended up going in with the uh, with the chosen debatable choice on my part. It's probably probably a misplay given the threat ranges and the magic. But the dream was to levitate them over and, and take out Croak and kind of like put them in a real tough position. And I figured that even if everything went wrong, I'd be able to you know use uh, Bellacor's ability on Croak to stop the worst of the magic and then save all my primal dice to stop uh, a blizzard or something like that. Well. Killed all the Temple Guard, killed the screen, the Rapidons, had these 10 chosen with Mystic Shield sitting right there in the bad place to hopefully keep the uh, the fight back there. And I did you know, successfully uh, Bellacor, you know, Mr. Croak, but then Blizzard got off and it killed half the chosen <laughs> with like a 16 plus wound, wound round. Oof. Yeah. Sounds about right. Oof, yeah. that's, that's yeah. rough. It was real rough. And then um, the he managed to Horfrost the, uh, you know, the, uh, the pterodactyl riders and they came in and they finished off the chosen they're down to like one person who did some damage back but he wasn't able to pass his morale and have enough command points to do anything else uh and then you know the game proceeded and you know it was kind of come along it wasn't 100 decided for a long time but a couple of funny things happened i had a counterpunch to get rid of the pterodactyls with pterodons who completely destroyed the pterodactyls having temporarily been given the mark of corn but then they too were blizzarded for like 18 mortal wounds <laughs> <laughs> and I think he even got like one more off, you know, in the, in the course of the game. And, you know, this is in addition to, you know, the croak spells kind of pew pewing and the comet coming down and, uh, you know, some charges coming off of summon sources. So, you know, ended up going Basil's way. Great game. He played it awesome. It was just a fantastic time all around. And we you know, followed our tradition of, uh, you know, a beer after to celebrate and somebody winning at least. And, Nice. Know, moving on to round two, but you know that that was that was my round one. You know, didn't come out of the gates, you know, with a glorious triumph, but I did come out of the gates with a good time and a nice catch up with him. It's important that somebody wins. You know, really at the end of the day, I think that's yeah. that's really the takeaway. Ties are the worst. There we are. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if you win, you lose. You can you can hold your head high, but if you tie, God, damn. oh yeah, no. oh yeah, so. <laughs> So definitely, yeah. you know, some some blizzard <laughs> lessons, but you know, yeah. good good one all around. Uh, I'll pass that one over to you, Miles. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, my first round was against this guy named Alex, uh, who was playing KO. So it's an army that I've uh, played before, um, and I do think that that was uh, a theme um, that you know, knowing what my opponent's army is doing and what they're going to try to do was a theme of success uh, throughout this weekend. So. Um, I think uh, that was a, a big a big part of this. So um, we were playing. What was this? Was this lion? No, this was Geomantic Pulse, right? So um, you know, this is uh, I think this is a mission that relatively favors the Gargants, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. we can easily just hold the middle, get get those you know two round three and four, just really strong scoring, and just have a really strong primary advantage. Um, and that's kind of what I aimed for. I um, I spread out a little bit because I knew that as a KO player, he's going to want to find something and pick it off, right? So I purposefully kind of edge um, the Kraken Eater and a Man Crusher to one side um, because I knew that he would want to, you know, and then and then had um, the the Gatebreaker and Broad and the other minis. Um, sort of more center, um, center right um, from my vantage point. Or maybe, I don't know, my lefts and my rights are a little bit tenuous at best. So it could have been the other way around. You get the idea. Anyway. Stage left, center right. <laughs> exactly. Camera left. Um, 
Camera and one. Then, camera um, two. Camera one. Camera two. Exactly. <laughs> that was a Wayne's World reference for all he, of you um, youngins. Yeah. <laughs> He um uh, so he comes out and and sure enough tries to pick off the kraken eater and kind of has a whiff of a shooting phase which um you know now you know so I'm feeling like holy crap he had a whiff of a shooting phase <laughs> oh my god this might actually work you know um <laughs> uh, so then um so then I made and this was probably my biggest mistake of the match which is I I'm going for surround and destroy because uh. You know, all of his stuff is on one side of the map, and that's not where the pulse is. But so I'm just like, let's throw the Kraken Eater on the edge, and then I can easily, you know, spread out and take two other sides. Um, and I charged the mini. He had a frigate with some Endrin riggers in it. I charged the mini into that, and I wanted to charge the Kraken Eater into that as well, but he didn't have the, he didn't, like, even after a reroll, he didn't make it. And so I ended up charging him into the Ironclad. Which I was like, uh, it'll probably be okay, you know, because um, he didn't take any, um, there was no Overwatch at that point because the Mini had already taken that. And then, and because the Megas, when they do impact hits, it's to every unit within one. So the Ironclad and all like little six units in there take mm-hmm. D6 Mortal Wounds. So I was like, oh, this will probably be fine. And um, he ends up wiping me in combat through a combination of the Admiral, the Endrin Master, and the Fumigators uh, with their mortal wounds at the end of combat. Yeah, somehow that makes yeah. sense. I had an interesting no, exactly. game against uh, against KO recently, and I was just like, wait a minute, they're good in combat on certain builds now? Like, really they, good? Certainly the Endrin Riggers, and I was waiting for the Endrin Riggers to be good, and I like, I knew that Mini was going to get sacrificed, but whatever, he'd probably be okay. Like, he'd, he'd kind of done his job, you mm-hmm. know, by taking out the uh, the Overwatch, and I was really kind of focused on could the Kraken Eater really do some damage. I did a bunch of damage to the Thunderers and to the boat, um, but then uh, but then I ended up losing him, and it was like he he just killed him by like only a handful of wounds. Um, but it was still, and then I ended up losing the battle tactic as a, as a result. So I was down mm-hmm. a battle tactic, and I was down a whole like I didn't need to engage him, right? I could have just sat there. Yes, I would have lost him, but then he would have. He would have had to spend his turn doing that as opposed to, um, uh, you know, doing it on my turn and then being free to do other stuff. So we ended up playing this. Uh, we ended up playing it as a long mission where I was basically feeding him megas, you know, um, I was like, <laughs> all right, deal with it. You know, while, while the, the pulse slowly ticked down and um, final play of the game, he couldn't he needed to kill uh, a mega and a mini in the same combat and he just couldn't quite get it to like mm. to flip the grand strat um but so i ended up winning it on by two points um although it was incredibly well played by alex and uh uh given my you know sort of newness to the army i really felt that he had done he had played better and i had kind of just walked like walked into you know um uh the victory so well played uh, sounds like an excellent one. You know, a good good start to the tournament and a good guy, great game as uh, the guests of the show occasionally said. Good list. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, do you want me to? Why don't I keep going in my round two and we'll we'll just uh, we'll uh, we'll alternate there, Jack. How about that? I think that sounds good for uh, people who can't see the screen. Uh, we roll a dice and Miles can take the double turn. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so then my, my second round is against this guy named Ross who played, uh, OBR. So it was, uh, eight more gas, um, four of the kind that get a, mm. four of the kind of deep strike and four of the kind that get an extra special ward save. And then, uh, Archon the black and some horses and two little wizards who I couldn't tell the difference. Um, yeah, you never can. Was it made of bone? <laughs> They were made of bone, yeah. Oh yeah, didn't help. Did <laughs> were they? They might have been the bone? same type of wizard. Yeah, I, you know what? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was on lines of communication, right? So three objectives in the middle. So you think giants probably have an edge here, but I also think bone reapers have have a, a strong uh, presence here because they are hard to shift. So um, mm. you know, hard to say who had the actual edge on the mission. Um, Ross goes first and uh, tries to just alpha me and pin me in, right? So keep me off those objectives for a full turn. Um, and I think it largely worked, you know? So he, um, I don't know, I actually can't remember if he went first or like, anyway, but he, he threw everything he had at me. Um, you know, all eight more guests and the horses go in. Um, I think I ended up surviving, although Broad was like way worse for the wear. Um, but everything else was kind of doing okay. I ended up killing one full unit of Morgas, um, and then kind of stepping out. Broad in a, in the next turn eventually died, um, but he kind of did his job of tying them up and taking taking the the brunt of the assault. I was doing okay on primaries, um, and the lines of communication part really never came into play. Like, uh, interesting. Yeah. I think he ended up doubling me, and that's how he was able to, to knock down Broad. And then, you know, we're jockeying for the middle. I still have two Megas left. Um, you know, I'm struggling to get battle tactics was the trick on this one. Um, so I'm kind of stretching a little bit to try and get, like, led into the Maelstrom or, uh, you know, um, uh, quick, like, uh, bait and trap while I still have enough units on the table to do it. Um, he rallies one of the Morgas back, which was very mean-spirited. Um, <laughs> not cool. Not cool, Ross. <laughs> that's their MO. Um, exactly. And then, um, you know, in a truly excellent move, the Gatebreaker comes in and uh, throws the terrain at the Morgas and then runs straight into them, uh, wiping all four. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in the final throws of the game, it is, I've got one mega standing between two objectives and he's got Archon and these horses, right? And, um, and I think this was the mistake that cost me the game is I, I tried to attack Archon, uh, two different rounds of combat. Um, and he just kept healing and I was, and I should have, I, I, one, I forgot that all of those stupid Mortarks heal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was maybe just Neferata or just Manfred, but no, all of them do it and they're all bastards. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think if I had wiped the horses, I could have gotten out of the fight with Archon and then uh, maybe been in a better position there. But it didn't happen and it's okay. He won um, by a handful of points and uh, was well played. Nice. It sounds like a good, good close game. Pretty uh, 
pretty aggressive OBR list, huh? Yeah, no, it was, it was much more aggressive than I was expecting him to be. You know, usually I think, and maybe I'm just a uh, a more cautious player, but those sort of like YOLO plays where you just throw everything in um, is, uh, I always think is kind of like a, a too big of a gamble. For yeah. Me, they're always too big of a gamble until they work. No, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> and then you're like, whoa. That's the problem. The dopamine rush from them working just gets you addicted to be like, look what I did. That's great. You know, but I definitely have had to like back myself off of that with like chosen charges this year that I think I mentioned many times. I still do it sometimes, but there's like a, a, a moving line of when it's the smart play versus just the one which is fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. Gotta want to be on the right side of that, but, but yeah, it sounds like a, a great game. And and yeah, those those Mortarks, especially Archon, because you I remember him being easier to kill. It's really frustrating how much regeneration they have. Uh, I remember him being easier to kill too. And I clearly had a bad memory or a faulty memory in that. <laughs> I think that's probably where the aggressive list really supports it, right? He has enough time to not be taking damage, which is how you kind of like slowly get him down, right? Mm -hmm. So make yeah. it so mm -hmm. he can't build back up uh or like normally you, you you throw as much as you can at him you take him down so he can't go all the way back to full and then you do that the next turn and right sure. that's normally how i i've experienced it um so like when you're getting hit with everything all at once it's like oh yeah he's taken no damage yet throughout this entire game he's entirely full yeah 100 percent but I well, figured, uh, you know, Gatebreaker might might just, you know, do it for me, and then I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, sure enough. He could. Not near those okay. pesky bodyguards. Huh? Damn more darks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess that, that brings it over to, you know, what the, the Chaos Hipsters encountered on their game, too. Uh, this time I, I played a, a guy I hadn't had a chance to meet up with yet uh, named Mike Reswick. Really good dude. Um, and he brought a list which is just really fun to play it was all like the big body ogres not like the stone hearts or things like that it was tons and tons and tons of foot troops we had like Ooh. a tyrant you had like two big units of gluttons you know reinforced had a couple units of iron guts and you know you had like a some blood belters and an iron blaster in there too but it was all about body and you know you know getting those crazy charges off and rolling the mortal wounds and then just having like a, a lot of guys fighting there um and it going my way, um, but it was it was kind of a, I think to my benefit that I was able to dark master just the right unit to stop him from getting like those uh, iron guts from doing some work and actually clog up all the charges because it was sort of a constrained middle without a lot of places for them to go. And I was able to set up screens so that when he charged in and you know you tangled with some furies, like the Theradons were right behind them to come up and hit back. And nice. turns out Theradons are really good at going through massive amounts of mediocre armor saves. You know, uh, that they, they did work in that game. And, and the Chosen as well, you know, I, I buffed them up. So they were they're reinfor uh, reinforcing the armor save, at least. And they were sitting kind of in the middle on those objectives so that when the fights did happen, uh, they were able to, you know, to, to do their work. Also, I should note, aided and abetted by the kitty who was sitting there using his, uh, his psychic trickery on, you know, some of the ogres to make the strike last. So all in all, great game went my way, but I was able to carve through the ogres uh, because of some of those twists and turns, and uh, it ended up being a, a solid victory for the, uh, the Legion of the First Prince. Nice. Right, so we're both in the one-in-one -one land, if I remember right. Exactly, exactly. So so here we are, neck and neck, one-in-one. 
going into the final <laughs> round of the day, uh, which was interesting because Corey organized it every winter to give everyone an hour break after round two as well. So it wasn't like 15 minutes hustle around, you know, you try to throw your stuff across the hall like a Frisbee. It'll hopefully land the red table. It was like, you can get a beer, you can like recuperate, you can, you can go mentally prepare. Take yeah. extra ibuprofen for your back. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's moving a, on to round three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was saying there's a there's a fine art to uh, when when and where to take your ibuprofen to keep you going on these events. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and then and then you have to switch up with water to make sure that you've you've got the proper hydration right before the ibuprofen, yeah. right after. But you don't want to over make it so you have to run to the restroom mid game. It, it, it exactly. is a very, very uh, complicated dance that we play, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, made somewhat easier. So, shall I double turn you in this one, Miles? Absolutely, Jack. About... I, was, I was hoping you would. All right, good. It, it ebbs and it flows. So, this particular round of three uh, was a real fun one. I ended up um, ranking up against uh, a guy I sort of known by association with his brother, uh, one of the club members here, there with our boys, a guy named David Axe. I got to meet and play Daniel Axe, uh, who has finally made the right choices and gotten away from that other game and started playing Age of Sigmar. Ah, the one that cannot be named. Exactly, exactly. exactly. So um, it was an interesting one uh, and really an interesting matchup. Uh, given the mission, because we were playing uh, uh, Nexus Collapse, right, Miles? So all the you know objectors are blowing yeah. up. We got to be cagey, and of course, you know, luckily he's playing this really stodgy, hard to shift around the board, you know, army which can't get places called Karada Overlords, yeah, which would be the case except they have boats. So <laughs> you know, uh, he had this thing which was all about the Ender Masters or Ender Riggers, I guess, and kind of shooting you or fighting you as need be. He had like Brock in there. He had like a, a navigator, you know, had um, the Ender Master, of course, but then two blocks of six Ender Riggers and three others all flying around on two frigates with some, you know, gun haulers, you know, as sort of an escort. So it ended up being a really cage game for almost the entire game because I didn't want to expose all my stuff for him to pick it off or for that alpha charge that might actually hurt the big fight pieces. Nor did I want to go above points and be in a situation where all the objectives I could reasonably get to or sit on were blown up with a boat gun line sitting there in the backfield. So we were going back and forth and back and forth on that, you know, sort of not committing until finally in round three, I think it was, uh, you know, I was going to snatch my battle tactic and I made a slight misplay where I needed to roll anything but a one on the cat to just make sure I got the battle tactic of intimidating invaders and have, have more people outside the deployment zone than others. And, and mm -hmm. mentally up to this point, we're talking chosen in a bunker, unkillable, Theradon's a bit far back, people are ready to counterpunch if commitments happen. Well, all of a sudden, I had to bring Bellicor, who was also tied up with their grand strategy on a run outside of my deployment zone and my you know control to control to get the battle tactic and have more outside than in which meant he was able to do some stuff and, you know, with things aligning, you know, hurt him or take it out or start sort of the demolition process. And then things just went south, <laughs> you know, certainly uh, his four up saves were more the, you know, vaporware rather than invisible ethereal magic uh, that you would hope them to be against some of the shooting that happened. And, you know, it worked out in his favor so that at the end of the day, he ended up taking that one by a little bit. <laughs> so like, it was great game. One dice by a kitty. 
one dice by a kitty. Basically, if I hadn't rolled a one on the kitty, I would have kept the general and Belcor far back, and the castle would have been much more intact in terms of these points he had to snag to both get his grand strategy and deny mine. I think I would be able to take it, but it was a very complicated game for both of us, given the sheer maneuverability and the fact it was uh, you know nexus collapse. So you know you had to be thinking on that extra layer to ensure you didn't put yourself in a bad position. <laughs> And uh, I just wanted to say that the whole event was a who's who of who's got converted carriage and overlords. And mm -hmm. uh, Daniels were no exception. He had um, uh, really fun rigging on all of his ships. Um, oh, that's true. You know, and he was and, and... he was even showing us uh, later that night. Um, he's got his ironclad has, um, uh, what is it? It's got a motor in it so that the, the, um, the like anim the fins like come out and animate. You know, so he's working on like some really, really exciting and interesting um, conversion uh, work there. So it, it was cool so, so cool just to say this. Yeah. Like, I mean, looking, looking at, at that in action, like it was going to, it's going to be like a Da Vinci kind of like looking sort of motorization at the end. And I, I can't wait to see it in action once he's done that. So that was like really, really neat additions to the base boats and, you know, it's kind of really honestly just great to get a chance to meet him and uh, it's been more, you know him better, I should say, and to kind of see him kind of join in, in the hobby here. So, you nice. know, uh, hopefully you're listening out there, uh, you know, Daniel, but great game, great time. You know, glad we had a chance to you know have our very cerebral training end to day one. <laughs> but uh, I thought that game was fantastic. <laughs> nice. Um, so let's see, I, I got um, for my round three, I, I walked up to the table and I think the quote, from my opponent was, oh crap! You probably know how to play this mission, don't you? <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's the best quote to walk up to, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> this guy named uh, Zach, and yes, he was really um, hoping that uh, I did not know how to um, uh, play uh, Nexus Collapse. So. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, fair enough. Like, you know, it's a mission that um, you can win or lose just on the mission and it has nothing to do with your army. So it's, uh, you know, very possible. So, like, so, like, fair play. If you can if you can uh, manage to snag the person who doesn't know how to play this mission, like, that's a, that's a huge advantage. Um, so I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, but... <laughs> but then the other thing I think that was going in my favor was that Zach was playing Big Wah, which is an army that I've been playing... Uh, really intensely for the past several months. So I had a pretty good understanding of what he was trying to do uh, with his setup and what what to expect, where the, where the damage would come from. Um, and so, uh, and especially, you know, knowing that Nexus Collapse is that really long deployment, you know, so I had, I had all the time in the world to sort of, you know, um, uh, get a while and get a good position and then, you know, deal with the threats as they came um but uh you know he um he played really well he made the best of bad situations you know he forced me to go up on points early um so i was coming to him which was the smart move um and then uh was able to deny me my grand strat by teleporting uh some guys um into my backfield using uh hand of gork so uh very well played um, but didn't go his way. And, and, uh, yeah. Also, apparently, uh, Zach is notorious in his, uh, in his own gaming club for never 
scoring highly in sportsmanship, which I don't know if I've ever gotten my sportsmanship score. You know, like either you win best sports or you don't, and you never hear anything about it. So yeah, I don't know what club is out here giving you feedback about your sportsmanship score. But uh, Zach, I just want to, I just want everybody to know, Zach was terrible, and I hated playing against him, and he was the worst. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Uh, no, excellent game, and, uh, and yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> and hopefully, he did too. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, well, good stuff on that. Miles, I might double double turn you for the last two games of mine just because I have some schedule constraints today, so I won't be able to stay on quite as long as we normally okay, do. Go for it. Yeah, but just to set the stage, so here we are. The sun has set on day one. You know, the chaos hipsters are at one two. The giants that emerged from a basement are at two one. Anything could happen. Anything it's everything's to play for. Exactly. So you got up bright and early, came back, you know, fundamental rule of the thumb there uh and then my first game uh for the second day was against a friend of mine from around here who i've played a few times before named rob prasia and he was doing the ocr bone reapers and and this one ended up going my way but we were laughing about it because of course it was ice fields and this was a mission we'd actually played ourselves like probably like a couple months prior around the nova time <laughs> and I, he had a very similar army to then and the the name of the game was don't just try to rush the castle with Archon and all of the scary um, Mortis Guard behind the, the screens of ponies. And I dutifully learned my lesson and was very cagey about it. You know, I, I was snagging objectives and, and carefully kind of using Furies to like make sure I was always up on points. And he was always trying to get those primaries. But he had to come commit to me if he wanted to do any substantial damage for a couple turns longer than normal before inevitably putting the Chosen out there and doing some damage and having them get clapped back. But once the dust had settled, you know, I, the the plan had worked well enough to, to stay ahead and, and take the game. So, you know, we went and grabbed our beer and, and you know, the, uh, the Legion of the First Prince was 2-2 for the day. Uh, then, of course, the final round... I got to play some Nurgles. Uh, great guy. I had a chance to, you know, see it a bit named Scott Hawk, but who occasionally actually listens to our show. I think he mentioned to me. So hope you're listening, oh, nice. Scott. Uh, but, you know, it was a real fun way to end the day. You know, he rolls up with, uh, you know, all of the the scaries, right, that you kind of would, would hope to see with Nurgle, you know, on the on the field. He had the Glockin. He had, like, the Orgot's Demon's View. He had Blowbrot Spawn. But he was running this list with, like, a whole bunch of beasts of Nurgle. Uh, like a sloppy bile piper and you know not honestly too too much beyond that uh so it for me it was an interesting one because i hadn't really encountered you know nurgle at a practical level a lot you know since the new book i think i might have played my friend ryan once but i hadn't encountered all of this you can't pile in shenanigans <laughs> before mm -hmm. and it or i i never seen the glotkin's sort of countercharge blight krieg ability so it was very much a fighting around the middle and, you know, trying to get that moment where I could actually go and let my men fight, <laughs> you know, against all the things. So, uh, you know, had had a lot of kind of moments where it could have gone either way. But at the end of the day, the Beast of Nurgle did their job. They, you know, tied up and distracted all like the major pieces in the middle long enough for like the likes of uh, the remaining and surviving Orgots and uh, the Glockkin to, to hammer down the hammers. <laughs> so it was, uh, 
you know, it was it, it was a, it was a good game, but ended up being one I just couldn't quite get ahead on on points, and so we ended up taking it. So a little smashing end to the uh, to the, the entire tournament, but not the most astounding overall result for the uh, <laughs> for the Legion at a at a solid two three end. <laughs> nice, yeah, Jack. I remember we were talking about because we were going through. They published the lists, and someone had gone through and like annotated all the lists with like. The like one sentence version of what the list was. That's and right. That's we right. Looking, we were looking through those, and I remember this one kept like catching my eye, being like, "That's the Nurgle list I would run." Um, so uh, it sounds like there's you know some some fire under the smoke, so to say, so to speak. There, there is. I mean, it's it's interesting for me because you know he, he was he was such a pleasure to play, and it was so cool to see that stuff in action. But it it, it kind of. And maybe this is a good topic for for later later episodes, but there's such a difference between something you've read about, a sort of conceptually have seen versus something you've experienced in this game. Mm -hmm. The first time you like, you know, get blown apart by warp lightning cannons, you think about them differently, right? The first time you can't consolidate in your big guy because there's an ability stopping you from, and thus you it totally changes three combats. You know, that yeah, that sticks with you. But on paper, like, oh, that would be good someday until it's your day and it's happening to you. That's when memory (laughs) happens. But yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And in your um, defense, there, Jack, that that sort of Nurgle build hasn't been around that long. You know, that's that's a relatively new invention uh, for them, uh, sort of responding to these sort of big mega threats that we're seeing. You know, like the Chosen or like Varengard or like Squigs. Um, you know, on the board, it's like, well, if you can't if you can't take the punch and you can't punch back, then you got to use your opponent's momentum against them uh mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of mentality um so it's very it's a very interesting uh build that's that's come around for them absolutely i think it's cool honestly like i mean obviously you know it wasn't the most fun for the theradons of the chosen at different times and and certainly there were, there were a couple moments where the right dice roll could have could have brought things back into the the place they like to be but you know i, I just like the idea that this is a way that the the army that they have can interact with the game and sort of like in a very nerdly way, like have these guys in heavy armor be maybe like up to their shins and muck and unable to get over there to swing their hammers or just, you know, kind of drained in that nerdly way. I mean, I'm always a big fan of stuff acting like the fluff, you know, and, and the way the rules yeah. are, are constructed. So that it plays out that way. And, you know, for better, or for worse, it was 100% that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. What was my round for? So, Oh, speaking of uh, Nurgly, right? Uh, we'll go into my round four real quick, uh, which was against Skaven, you know, back on the ice fields. Uh, and this was as a guy named Nick who was absolute pleasure. Uh, I think we both really connected on our sense of humor uh, immediately. So we were having a really good rapport the entire game, which was uh, fantastic nice. and really what you want after, you know, it's round four. You've already, you've woken up early for a second day in a row. You're tired. Your back already hurts. Um, so it was really good to just go into a game uh, where I was just no matter what was going to happen, I was excited. I was excited to be playing this game. You know, that's um, a great place to be in. Exactly. And um, as we discussed, you know, I'd already I'd won two games a day before. I'd already hit my, you know, I maxed my expectations. You know, uh, for this army. So. Whatever, sky's the limit. Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> and this was uh, this was kind of a complete wild card game for me because, like we said, uh, it's ice fields. We'd had that one practice with Jack. It's Skaven. I don't see a lot of Skaven, um, especially you know 
this sort of he had kind of a mixed arms build uh, with three warp lightning cannons, a doom wheel, thirty different thirty units of ten clan rats, uh, the plague furnace with ten bodyguards, and then he had this really cool um, uh, not warcry underworlds team uh, where he could prey on an objective, and then as long as those five guys were sitting on it, uh, it could not be contested by anyone. Which for giants is like our one big trick. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I love that ability. Know. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, it was really fun and really like put painted a target on their backs. So that was like, okay, well, you kill you guys first. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, let's see. I I deployed pretty far back, um, sort of remembering um, our practice game there, Jack, wherein mm-hmm. like uh, you are this. It's a mission where you're deceptively close, right? It's an 18 inch mission. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I can, I can afford to hang back. There's a lot of objectives on my side of the board. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it too hard. Um, you know, I can casually score four points on the first turn without really working for it. Yeah. Um, yeah when you go slip in the ice. You can, you can sit there and get your points. <laughs> exactly. And knowing that, uh, largely I outrange him in terms of the shooting. Um, so, uh, we did that. I can't remember who took first turn. Um, I think, no, he must have gone first because I then stretched on my turn and um, ended up in a position where I felt like I really needed to take the double turn, right? So, and uh, part of that was things weren't totally going to plan. I threw a rock and it did nothing, or I threw some terrain and it did nothing. You know, I wasn't, um, you know, his uh, his plague furnace... Um, had a really good shrug under these storm vermin. Uh, my little pot shots on the clan rats would just keep coming back. Everybody's ignoring battle shock. Um, didn't like anything that was going on, right? So I took the moment to take the double turn to just and then and just charge everything in. Um, well, I mean, I didn't know it when I charged everything in, but I was like, look, I just need to go for this, you know. Again, uh, already set all my expectations. I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just go for it and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a big gambit, um, but it absolutely ended up paying off. I was able to smash into his lines. I cleared out a bunch of clan rats. And then the thing that I had done, which was, I think, pretty pivotal to the game, was I had smashed, I'd kept a mini all the way back. And every combat round, he was trying to roundhouse kick the gnaw hole. Oh, interesting. Right. And then I ended up throwing the second gnaw hole later in the game how do you throw a hole great question you know the, i'm so glad the you visual asked. imagery in that is amazing i'm just imagining yeah. like it flying through the air and rat men were trying to go through it spilling out for like 15 <laughs> feet <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so uh so that was pretty pivotal because it really reduced the amount that he could jump into my backfield and take objectives back from me so i so even though there was a lot of back and forth between, you know, between the two of us. I had a couple megas hanging on and they were able to sort of just like tap dance between two or three objectives and sort of really uh, uh, keep the amount of primary points he was winning. He was scoring uh, uh, to a minimum. And that was that was really the mission for me. Um, he made a, a, a play for it in the end. He needed a double, probably four into five and he didn't get it. Um, Maybe it was three into four. Uh, it didn't matter. 
Um, and then uh, in the end, I was able to um, kill his little rat on a bell for to stop his uh, spellcasting savant um, and uh, murder the final unit of clan rats to get uh, to get my grand strategy for that lovely six point swing. Interesting. So he didn't crack the crack the bell at all. Uh, no, it wasn't a bell. It was a plague furnace. Oh, plague furnace, plague furnace. Um, yeah, which was very cool, and it was doing a lot of mortal wounds in ways that I didn't really understand, but I didn't like at all. Oh, they're so good. They're they're in all my little <laughs> Skaven lists now. Um, um, that's rad. How was he doing on uh, battle tactics? Uh, he seemed to be doing really well. I know uh, at one point he did have to stretch for one, but um, uh, you know the Skaven have a you know on paper they have very poor battle tactics but um he seemed like he was doing really well the one that was a little bit sketchy that worked out for him in this mission although he said he'd failed it multiple times was the casting three chance mm, yeah that can be that can be rough uh um, because um at one point he got it to plus one and re-rolling so that was the turn that he um went for it so it was don't roll double ones with three guys Yep, been there, been yep. been there hard, been there. Um, and it worked out this time, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was saying like, yeah, two different games, this this uh, or two other games so far, it had not worked out. Um, so that I can see be re being really frustrating. And as a um, you know, as a Blood Bowl player, uh, yeah, double skulls that that totally happens. <laughs> yeah, more more often than we than we'd like to think, right? But only exactly. in the in the time that we needed to. Yeah, <laughs> needed to go off. Um, so that was that was a fantastic game and uh, put me on a solid three one, which was again uh, vastly exceeding my expectations for this whole weekend and into the last round, uh, where I played uh, a, a fellow named Sean, um, who also, unfortunately for him, was playing Big Wah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a list that was a lot more similar to my list so um that was really interesting and i got to see how he was playing it and that was really cool um it's just cool to see someone doing like like oh yeah i would i would that's exactly the move i would have done you know um so that was really fun uh and so we were playing uh what is it this was no reward without rewards or whatever yeah. it's called no risk without reward no reward without risk there we no go risk without risk we got there we got there in the end <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but let's see he made me go first um, I towed onto three objectives I threw a rock and it didn't do anything um, and then he did a move which I wasn't expecting and it's not Ooh. because I didn't know he could do it it's because I didn't expect him to do it because I wouldn't have done it because I think it's too much of a risk which is that uh, turn one before he had all of his big wall points built up or uh, turn Two, I should say, before all of his wall points are built up, he damage buffed the piggies, put Mystic Shield on them, uh, teleported them behind, and tried to ch and charge the Gatebreaker with a um, with a Mighty Destroyer's charge. Ooh, so so essentially, he uh, he played a little bit more risky. Exactly. In a in a mission that says you know go risky, right? No, it, and, and and I hear you and. The fun thing was, too, is that if the Gatebreaker had died, he has 35 wounds and he's a wizard. Right? So that could have been hilarious. <laughs> um, but 
<laughs> but um, but the game breaker didn't die. He um, yeah no he um, he hung on uh, by a thread. I think he took thirty wounds, um, which is a little bit below average. Um, you know I I threw um, Mystic Shield or not Mystic Shield all out defense and uh, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so yeah so that was and then so and then oh and then in the crackback because because he was so wounded at this point I uh, was like well. He's probably dead next combat phase anyway. Fuck it. Um, and so the the gatebreakers have this thing that's called pulverizing strike, which is you don't do any attacks, and on a four up, you do forty six mortal wounds. <laughs> Did you get him with that? Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. It's the one and only time I've ever used that rule, uh, <laughs> and it totally paid off. Uh, ten for ten would do again. Um, They're like, haha, <laughs> blizzard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I raise you a blizzard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, so that left three pigs uh, sort of stranded there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, or, or he might have even lost two pigs and then lost one to battle shock because the pigs don't have very good battle shock and they can't yeah. use all that defense if you're next to a if you're next to a gargan. Um, but so uh, we were doing that. He then really felt like he needed to take the double turn to save those pigs. And I think that was a big mistake for him. We talked about this afterwards, right? Because um, the pigs were really the only thing in combat. And because he needed to swing with them first, he really couldn't afford to throw something else into combat. Right? So even if he did get all of his buffs up, it was just going to be three pigs swinging. Yeah. Right? So I was able to um uh finest hour the the um gatebreaker um and then uh all defense on top of that um and uh yeah so i, I don't think he did any damage so um, he kind of had and, that that like deer yeah. in the headlights kind of feel uh um, no, exactly. that and you well, can get also, with the giants there it, yeah and because also he was losing the war chant a damage buff on them right mm, so now they were single yeah. damage attack right so even if one of them went through it wasn't a big deal um that ended up going my way i think i killed one or two of them in response this was just through regular attacking at this point i was like well you know kind of whatever you know <laughs> yeah uh, well yeah we'll do a little bit of damage you know if i have to shoot myself out of combat later uh and during my turn then i shoot myself out of combat and i think that was the big that was the big mistake that that probably cost him the game because it was such a big momentum swing, you know, whereas if he had just let the pigs die during my turn, then he could have come in, uh, uh, you know, without me, without worrying of, of my double turn, um, with, you know, buffed up brute, buffed up ragers, buffed up art boys, you know, he had lots of tools, but Mm he, uh, anyway, um, but it was a great game and he played well. And I think, uh, we had, we had a, a great time. He had this great Hawaiian shirt with um, Darth Vader in, a, in like surfboards on it. It was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like that would be um, distracting in game game because I'd be like trying to figure out like where to find that. Yeah. And, you know what <laughs> other what other iterations like, of that shirt? Coolshirts.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if Coolshirts.com is a site, but if it is, we trademark it. Yep, trademarked now. That's how trademarks work. Exactly. We, we just say they're trademarked. 
um but yeah so um that was the last game and went uh four and one for the weekend which is pretty rad do you think do you think a lot of that is just uh, the book itself and uh the list built out of it or i mean obviously um, you have been playing in in uh you know, in larger events lately. So yeah. a lot of that is practicing and knowing your opponent's lists, right? And what they can do. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think a big thing was, um, one, you know, I didn't mess around with the list. I just took what the internet thought was the best. I, you know, I looked at, you know, two or three variants. Um, I chatted with a guy who played Gargans. He was like, I think I like this one the best for singles. Cool. Just lock that in. Don't think about it again. You know, um, and then I do think, I mean, the 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 army is pretty strong. I don't know that it's a five and zero army, um, and I think I did get lucky um, in terms of my, the uh, opponents I had. Not because not that they were weren't good players, but that they were playing armies that I knew intimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I played three three players who had armies that I play. Uh, the o, I did uh, dabble in some OBRs, or at least even though they didn't go my way, it definitely was. You know something I was expecting, you know, mm-hmm. and then Gavin was just kind of a wild card, and that could have gone either way. Yeah, and the game itself could have gone either way, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. I have to follow that into things we should talk about when building lists. Yeah, things for <laughs> things for the future. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I uh, saw we lost. We lost Jack. That's okay. And oh, the real world, the real world calls us all. Indeed. It is it is calling me at the moment. Okay. Um, well, that's okay because I had run out of cool things to say. So <laughs> Yeah, and I, I never come in with cool things to say. So we're just we're just leaning we're leaning on on only you right now. So I think uh, <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to break your back any more than that uh, GT already has. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my back, thanks, thanks you, and <laughs> <laughs> but no, and uh, really the 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 awesome thing was just seeing everybody and having a great time, and um, you know had some great chats with people who uh, I haven't seen in six months to a year, so that was uh, you know that was really the best part. Yeah, and hopefully continues to be right. That's that's kind of kind of went into being the the motivation for going to a lot of. A lot of tournaments, especially. So, especially these big ones, you're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, maybe I'll do okay. But mostly, I'm I'm gonna go see like, you know, there'll be some people there I know and some people who I've met a long time ago that I can catch up with, um, and you know, we'll relive the the highs and the lows, right? <laughs> Indeed, and get four and one. Woo! And get four and one, which was again, uh, I really don't feel like I deserve that. I like I walked backwards into it and it uh you know i'm uh, very obviously very pleased with myself you know i think i played well i think all my opponents played well but i did 110 percent and left it all on the field right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to sum up this episode in the sports analogy <laughs> yes that sports ball analogy <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh sounds good <laughs> what we should call it there man i think I think keep keeping going is only going to make this episode worse. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could, or it could get better as it gets stranger. <laughs> it's weirder. Yes. But anyways, thank 
thanks all for listening to our recap on this. Um, yeah. Sounded like a, a ton of fun. And not only were y'all making me miss the East Coast, uh, mm-hmm. but the those who were just listening couldn't see that uh, that Jack had a Dunkin' Donuts uh, uh, coffee cup there, I mean, which we don't get out here in the Pacific Northwest this far north. So now I'm just doubly missing it. it. Yeah. Like, geez. I, you know what? I, did, I didn't miss the weather, though. It was friggin' cold the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I took I took one look at a at a <laughs> couple friends' posts. It was like, mm, yeah, nope, not not that bad, not that bad. I can leave Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> there. Anyway, so thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll catch I'm you next get time. The, the last word today because I have no jack to fight. Will you though? Damn. <laughs> uh, where's the stop? Oh, there's too many new buttons. There's so many new buttons now. We'll, we'll send them some feedback. Yeah. <laughs>